Hey, Megan. Hey, Nicholas. So what did we talk about today? Today we talked about leadership. We listed out the top three traits we thought leaders should have. And found out that Nicholas can't keep his eyes on his own paper. All this and more on a new exciting episode of the Refreshing Edge podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to the Refreshing Edge podcast, hosted by Megan and Nicholas DeSalvo, about what businesses go through when branding, developing creative, and marketing their business in an ever-changing digital climate. It's also about leadership, company culture, building community, working with your spouse, and whatever we feel is important to share with you today. You might know Megan as an amazing wife, incredible mother, thespian, entrepreneur, co-owner, and creator of opportunities at Edge One Media, and volunteer for every nonprofit organization that exists in Portland and maybe beyond. You might know Nicholas for his love of coffee, tennis, watches, video games, and all things Portland. Hey, Megan. Hey, Nicholas. How's it going today? It's going quite well. Thanks for asking. How's your day? Oh, so good. I'm so uh, amazing right now. I just feel so good in my bones. Did you practice that? No. Oh, good job. (laughs) <laughs> did it sound good? <laughs> yeah, it did. Cause I felt like I, I stumbled getting it out. <laughs> it sounded great. But uh, what I was trying to do was just take charge and be a leader. Oh, and why is that? Because we're talking about leadership today. Are we? Are we talking about leadership today? We are. In fact, um, that is something that feels like it's very apropos for the moment because leadership is in serious question at this moment in the world. That's true. And uh, I think never have we been more divided about who is doing a good job and who is not doing a good job. I think that is true as well. And I also believe that it takes good leadership at a local level uh, for people to feel that leadership is working. So um, so we're talking about uh, what we think makes a good leader today. And uh, so what we have done is Megan and I have each written down our top three leadership qualities independently we don't know what i know they are you keep yet. trying to look at my list don't try to look at my list <laughs> cheater well s- <clears throat> stop putting it in front of my face so that i can see it <laughs> i'm hiding it now. this is like uh playing cards with our our six-year-old and she's like don't look at our cards <laughs> as she shows them to us <laughs> <laughs> that's true mean uh, game of uno mm-hmm uh, anyway, so we have independently put down our top three uh, leadership qualities we find important in leadership. We also pulled our audience. We did do that, but this is how it's going to work. We've put down those leadership qualities, and we're going to reveal them to each other and talk about each one and why we think they are important. Sounds good. So coming in at number three, Megan, what do you have? I have transparency. Ooh, transparency is a good one. Why do you think that's important? I think that transparency is a key trait of a good leader because if you are doing well, then you have nothing to hide or be afraid of to show to people. I also think that it's important for people to know where you're coming from and why, and they won't understand that if you're not transparent about it. So that is a very important, vital uh, key attribute that I look for in a leader. Yeah, I think that transparency breeds trust, and uh, you know, building trust with 
with people is really important part of um, you know tell, standing up and telling people to follow follow you. Yeah, if this list was like top 10, trust would be on there. <laughs> <laughs> but transparency is a thing that builds trust, which is, is also an important trait. Yes. Which I, I think is important. I um, I went with, this is my number three. I was just going to ask you, what's your number three? Decisiveness. Mm. There's, there's um, I just don't like it when people are wishy-washy about what they plan to do. They don't take a stand about things. And... I'll talk about my next one um, in a second. But decisiveness, I just think that you should have an opinion about what you ought to do and don't let indecision cripple you from moving forward because you just need to make a choice and try it. I agree. I think that decisiveness is also very important. Um, I think that oftentimes leaders try to appeal to the masses and when you try to appeal to the masses, you appeal to none because you aren't taking a stand or a side or, or saying what you feel is right. And it is okay to walk the middle line and do it well. Um, but I think that when people go back and forth and, and play to different groups, um, then you find that, that people don't trust that leadership either. I think that also, you know, as problems get larger, it is impossible for you to please everyone with every decision that you make. There are simply too many intricacies to any problem for any one solution to be good for everybody. The, the point is, you know, your decision is going to be good for some and bad for others. And uh, what I think you ought to do is think about how you can benefit the most amount of people or do the most good with your decisions and be decisive on that. Do that thing. I agree. I also think that it's very important to keep in mind why you're doing what you're doing. And so some people are driven by power and money and other things. Um, but hopefully good leaders are driven by doing good work um, and making community better and stronger. And I think that those are the, are the things that we're looking for in leadership, um, locally, nationally, everywhere. Totally agree. So what do you have for number two, Megan? Number two, I have collaborative collaborative so i like i like leadership to be collaborative and what i mean by that is um a leader leads a group of people typically there's you know a board a board director or you know you're the president and you've got you've got people underneath you and you're dealing with those groups of people but as a leader you should be among them not above them and so i lead collaboratively in all that i do and i try to look for the leaders that I choose to follow to also do that. I think that's really important because a, a good leader empowers smart people to do their their best thing. Mm -hmm. You know, one person cannot be the expert in all things. And, you know, leaders, businesses, groups, they can do more than a single person. And so a good leader knows how to get the most out of people and be collaborative in that effort so that you can accomplish a common goal. And I also think that those leaders that are collaborative are willing to do the hard work too. Mm -hmm. So they're the ones that are going to go take the trash out when that's not maybe their job to do, but they're going to go do it because that's that they do the same thing that anyone else would do. Um, and they look at it as a collaborative thing versus, um, oh, no, no, I'm not paid to do that trash taking out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assign somebody to do that and they're going to have to do it. 
Yeah. Well, I think that uh, a good leader will be willing to do all of the hard work, but also understand where their weaknesses are so that they can assign somebody else to do those things. Maybe, maybe a leader is not good at taking out the trash. I agree. I agree. However, if the person can't follow through with what they're supposed to do, I, th I think that you can take the trash out <laughs> as a leader. <laughs> what Megan's telling me right now is that I need to do a better job of taking out the trash. I'm not. You do a great <laughs> job of taking out the trash. Actually, that's not at all. I'm, I'm thinking back to times where we have taken out the trash as mm -hmm. leaders. Um, well, and, that's, and that's absolutely true. You know, like good leaders, am, you know, are collaborative, empower other people. And um, in some instances, they lead by example. They um, show that no job is too small for them to think that it's important. Yes, absolutely. What's your number two? Flexibility. Ooh, tell me about that. Well, I mean, my number three was decisiveness, but I think that having the flexibility to understand that you can, you can change your mind about something, like you can make a decision, go down the road, get feedback on that decision and realize that was the wrong one and be flexible enough, ha be humble enough to change course to be and not so rigid that it has to be your way but that it could be something you could be open to other ideas i like that keep trying to look at my list <laughs> you keep on putting it right in front of my face uh, <laughs> no i like that a lot about leadership honestly um i i think that that's uh that's something that I guess as lifelong learners, we talk about that. We are okay. lifelong learners. I, I stole that from you. Um, yeah. But we are. And as such, I think that in leadership, people should always be trying to learn and grow and expand um, on their beliefs and on their decision-making skills and all of that. Um, and you can't do that if you are not flexible enough to um you know, go take a, a course or a book or you know, do something that is a little uncomfortable. Uh, I think it's important to put yourself in a position where it tests what you believe to see if that's truly what you do believe. Yeah. I, so I had this goal at the beginning of the year, uh, you know, pre-COVID, to be more open to thinking that other people could teach me things. Because I have this problem where I think that I'm always right about everything. It's true. And... um. And I do think that I'm right about a lot of things, but I do think that I could be more open to hearing about what other people, how other people would approach a problem and being open to the idea that I could learn things from other people if I just opened my mind to listening a little bit more and being flexible and not so rigid and being willing to walk back a decision that I felt really strongly about when I realize it's the wrong one. And I think that People mistake flexibility for weakness. And I think that flexibility could be your greatest strength. I agree. I like that one a lot. So that was my number two. What's your number one? Passion. Passion. Passionate. I believe that leaders should be passionate. Um, far too often do I see leaders who don't love what they do. They don't, they're not passionate about what they are leading, the cause they're leading or whatever it is that they are in charge of. And when that doesn't align for someone, you can tell and the, le the leadership will fail um, in the long run because of it. 
So again, you know how I say that you need to check what your, what your why is. Why are you doing this? Why are you leading? I think that people need to be passionate about what they're leading about and that can change. You know, you can be passionate about something and then several years down the road, you, you're not as passionate about it. Then it's time for new leadership. Um, I often, when I'm involved in groups, um, I'm often the one who says, okay, well, what are the term limits? You know, when are these, when are these seats rolling <laughs> over? What's, what, what's your transition look like? You know, do you have a leadership transition in mind? Um, and I go into these organizations and they don't. And then we create one when I'm in, when I'm in that. And so when you suddenly are thrust into the leadership <laughs> role, <laughs> Megan has this thing where she'll show up in an event and, um, just as a visitor, a meeting, a meeting. A meeting. she'll show up at a meeting just as a visitor, she'll be invited and somehow she'll come home and she'll be in charge of the entire thing. <laughs> he says that, but it's not true anymore. It's, it was true. It's not as true anymore. Um, disagree. I, but oftentimes I think it's because a lot of, a lot of times those organizations have just done the same thing and they have a playbook and they've played by the same book over and over and over again. And they haven't had a leader who's come in to say, Hey, the book needs to change a little. We need to evolve. We need to have this. We need to have that. And so I think it's important for someone to be passionate enough to come in and take the reins and look at it and go, here's the great stuff that you've been doing. Let's continue to do that. Here's something that could be different. Here's how we could change. Here's how we could grow. Um, here's how we could expand. And here are the people I will bring in who are just as passionate as I am to make it happen. Uh, I think that's a great one because uh, so many times you come into organizations and people have been doing the same thing for so long that it's difficult to become excited about it anymore or people get tired of doing the same things but they get stuck doing the same things because they feel like that's the thing that works and maybe what what do you have to I say i have something to say about that okay oftentimes what i find is they don't think anyone else can do it mm -hmm. so they won't give it up or they don't give it up because they don't think anyone else can do it and then they're afraid well if i don't do it then who will and, uh, and I think I have that fear sometimes even I'll say, I'll say that to you sometimes. Oh, well, we need to do this because nobody else is going to, and that's not true. Somebody else could, but the organization needs to ask for it or needs to find it or needs to be in charge of sourcing it. And that person in that role doesn't need to be the person necessarily doing that. They should be involved, I think. Um, but it shouldn't lie upon that person to say, okay, you've been doing this for 10 years. Give me 10 more. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's too much. It is too much. You you have to you have to have passion. That's what I have learned from what you have said. Yes. But I think that's a really important thing because uh, because if you're not passionate about the thing anymore, it's hard to do a good job for it. And I think you've done a really good job of recognizing when your your passion or when you get tired of a of a thing. Uh, it wasn't it hasn't always been the case, but you've said goodbye to some things that you've cared deeply for. Because you didn't have the energy to keep going with the, the same kind of passion that you've had. And you've switched priorities. And that's, that's another great trait of a leader is self-awareness, which is not my number one thing, but it's still uh, a great trait. Oh, thanks. What is your number one? Empathy. I feel like empathy is sorely lacking in leadership in particular, but also in the world. Because we are in such an online platform, you know, right now in this moment, we are so online, we are re-emerging, but it's so easy for you to post something critical of somebody else online. 
Or, um, you know, one of the things that I really dislike are political memes because they say they're some version of an if-then statement. If you think this, then you are this, which somehow implies that you are stupid for thinking the thing that you, you think or that somebody is stupid for thinking the thing that they think, which is really not the case. People just have different perspectives on different things. They come from different areas. They come from different backgrounds. And, you know, certainly there are terrible people in the world. But I think that really, if people tried to, tried harder to understand where someone was coming from, they would be less likely to use language and choose actions that are divisive in nature. I agree. I love that. I love that trait. It would definitely be on my top 10. Uh, I think it's I think it's a very important um, topic for right now. And I think there could be a whole podcast on just empathy alone. Um, there are people in this world who are empathetic and they feel everything. And there are people who don't. And um, as someone who feels the world, I can say that um, it's interesting to see when I am in situations, how people assume what I am, who I am, what I believe, what I don't believe based on their own beliefs. And so people assume that I'm just like them. And um, sometimes I am and sometimes I'm not. But it, but when we come together, when we all come together, no matter if we are on different sides or if we are on the same side, if we believe in the same things or have different beliefs, when we come together, wonderful things happen. And great conversation is had and new things are learned. And I don't think that that happens without empathy for I, one another. I think that we have really lost the ability to lovingly disagree with each other. You know, disagreement so often escalates into anger and resentment and, um, and put downs and divisiveness. And I, I think that disagreement has the potential to create a better understanding of what the world is like. If you could be open to thinking about how somebody could think the different thing that they think from you, if that makes any sense. It does. You know, if I believe very strongly in one thing and somebody else believes very strongly in another thing, it'd be very easy for me to call them stupid and that they don't understand, but, but wouldn't I be better served to think about how they could think that way and that doesn't mean you have to agree or or um or even think that they you know even think that that is a good idea but what if you were more what open you, what if you were open and mm -hmm. you tried to understand and you tried to see other perspectives and you tried to think of the good ways they could come to a conclusion that is different from yours rather than all the, the all the things that that could possibly mean um that was ter that were terrible well and i think you know being unique is so important as a person you know people are uniquely different and and i learned that from childhood and i don't know that it's always been taught um but i do know that it's an important thing to remember that not everyone has the same circumstances you do not everyone lives the same life you do and if you haven't um, been able to see all the different types of life out there in the world, you're missing out. Um, you should expose yourself to all of it. 
And I think that you and I come from backgrounds where we have seen um, the richest of rich and the poorest of poor, and we have seen the good and the bad and the ugly um, from people in ways that others may not have. And I think that that has given us a unique perspective in our leadership skills. Yeah. Uh, so I will give an example of <clears throat> one of the things that, um, you know, has kind of come up in my life from my perspective, because I grew up, my mother was a school teacher and she, um, and schools are critically underfunded in a lot of ways. And so we're always thinking about ways that we can help give more money to schools or, um, you know, pay for more teachers or, you know, teachers are paid very poorly in relation to other professions. And, um, and so growing up, I always had this perspective, like we were not, we were not giving schools enough money and, you know, ballot measure five was a big one here, uh, about funding, um, um, you know, just about educational funding. Anyway, so I grew up with that perspective and now I am a business owner and, you know, things, <laughs> and then taxes directly affect our bottom line. And so I understand what it's like for there to be a struggle between education who needs, you know, to collect more money in taxes somehow and the business owners who think that they are unfairly taxed in different ways. And, um, and so I start to understand what the different perspectives are and, and coming on a, in particular issues, you know, like, uh, gross receipts, taxes, uh, I understand why education is in favor of it. And I understand why businesses are not, and it's difficult on both sides, you know? Um, and, and so I think it's important for you to just have empathy so that you understand an issue from different Both angles from all angles. Mm -hmm. Maybe there are 700. There may be. So if you can do your best to understand the nuances of any decision or any, um, issue that you're taking on, I think that would be, um, I think that would really serve you very well. So empathy, that's mm -hmm. my number one. It's my number one quality. I love it. Love it. I also think while we're on this topic that it's it's important that you are involved in your local um, leadership. So whatever that might look like at, at your city level or, or, you know, with your school that your kids attend or um, in your business life, um, chamber of commerce. There's lots of pl places that you can seek out ways to be involved or at least aware um, of leadership and what they're doing and why they're doing it and why decisions are made the way that they're made. Um, I think it's important for you to have perspective on all of that when you're, when you are casting your votes and, and things of that nature, and you can't do that without educating yourself. So I would, um, highly recommend if you don't already get your newsletters from those organizations, that it's important to sign up for them and, and just read them and really understand what it is that the local leadership is trying to do in your area. Um, as part of our local leadership area, um, I think it's a really important um, attribute. And I find that when it comes time to vote, I get so many text messages and emails and phone calls saying, what's this and who's that? And who, who do you know that's <laughs> running for city council? You know, all this stuff. And I just, I, I am uh, blessed to be in the room where it happens oftentimes um, in my, in my local area. And I think that um, I wish that 
that there was an easy way for everyone to get the download of information that I get on a daily basis. Yeah. Well, it is a, is a, it is a privilege to have the position that you have. And, um, it's kind of amazing what happens in your life and in, in our business when, um, we become involved in things. And my grandfather used to say that, um, civic or volunteering is the rent you pay for living in the world. And I believe that to be true. Civic duty, doing the things that um, are important on your local level and, and escalating that into a national scale, if you can. Um, because, you know, I look at the, the level, I, I look at the national discourse, the rhetoric around politics in our country, and I'm really sad because it is um, really about blaming the other side. There are two sides, right? It's unfortunate. Yeah. No issue is only two-sided, for starters. <laughs> Secondly, n when, you, when both sides blame each other, nobody wins. It just further entrenches um, people in their opinion and how uh, terrible the other side is is and you know what what could we do to become better educated what could we do to expand the discourse what could we do to make it more inspiring to be part of um part of leadership in your local in your regional in your national areas because right now it's kind of ugly mm-hmm and it's not really inspirational and everybody's fighting with each other. And that serves the short-term purpose of becoming elected or becoming in power. But there is this long-term effect of creating divisiveness and, you know, making it so the, the climate in our country is difficult to manage so that families don't even get along anymore you know yeah. it's it's, uh, it's unfortunate to see how how things have unfolded in our time but what has our facebook group said they look for in leadership for those who might be listening right now who are wanting to be a leader or who might be thinking hmm am i a leader <laughs> okay well we had a lot of responses to this particular question but uh, I'll read just a couple of them. Um, service, support, collaboration, inspiration. I think those are really good qualities. Um, one person said going first, which <laughs> I think, you know, that's an un underrated part of leadership. Uh, my good friend, longtime client, James Olson. from Mr. Re James Olson. Mr. James Olson. He said something like 98% of leadership is just standing up and saying, follow me which I think is totally true. Most people do not want to lead a group of people. And so you, you have to be able to stand up and say, let's do this. Uh, and you have to be willing to go first. And um, you have to be willing to take a stand and be decisive. Be flexible, empathetic. Collaborate. Transparent. <laughs> Someone who takes... Passionate. <laughs> that, that's your number one. I'm, I love that you had to look at your list <laughs> to see hey. what it was. <laughs> I just wondered if we had already said it. Um, okay. Someone else said, someone who takes charge to get 
S done. Yes. Sets the example for others and is around for you to ask questions to. Being available. That's another big part of leadership. Accessible. Accessibility. That's yes. that's top 10 for me as well. Accessibility. At the end, somebody's going to write all these down and say, you said more than 10. <laughs> I think, well, we have, there's 20 between us that we could probably. <laughs> but I think that's true because, you know, transparency and accessibility are um, related in some mm -hmm. ways. You know, being accessible and being w able to answer questions and being accountable um, is a big part of transparency. Absolutely. Um, someone said leading the band. Yeah. Uh, someone who listens intently to all views brings diverse groups together so everyone can air their thoughts and then makes decisions based on the information and any other information they can garner. Lead by example. And I think that goes into... We agree with that as well. Yeah. I think that goes into being empathetic to what people's situations are. Uh, one person says fostering growth. Yes, I think growth mindset. I think it's really important. You hear that a lot. It's a buzzword, buzz term. Mm -hmm. But I think um, I think that people who have growth mindsets are set up to be able to expand their knowledge and belief system and um, to be leaders of the future where uh, you have a voice for everyone at your table. I think that that is so important. Um, so I love that. One person said having a blend of both humbleness and strength. And then they said 800 other things. So I won't read the entire thing, but that, I think that's great. Having Being humble, being humble enough to admit that you have made a wrong choice or wrong decision or humble enough to realize you don't know everything in the world and empower others to do what um, you cannot. Or on the flip side, being humble enough that when something good happens, you don't take all of the credit on yourself, but you give it to the entire team. Mm -hmm. I think it's so important. Um you know, far too often leaders will be like, yes, I did this. And it's not an I thing. We did this. We collectively. Mm -hmm. Empower, protect integrity. Those who go low and lead in humility are the greatest. Which I think that's true. Um, I think being humble is admirable. And, you know, I, I do think there is something to be said for promoting yourself promoting the good things in yourself we say this in marketing all the time if you don't promote yourself who will who will i think that's fine but i think you also have to understand that other people help get what get you where you are mm -hmm. we all have our individual strengths and hopefully your individual strengths can help make other people better around you also and i think good leaders do that they try to get the best out of people they try to make the most of the team that they have and they inspire absolutely so here we are at the end of our episode what is the homework for today well i think the homework is for everyone who is listening to understand that you are a leader i think that everyone is a leader of their household a leader of their family a leader of their business. You know, there's multiple ways that you can be seen as a leader. And so what leadership characteristics do you have or do you admire or hope to obtain in your time as a leader? And what action are you going to take to strengthen your leadership or grow what you're doing as a leader? 
It could be taking that next step from being a volunteer to um, trying to get an elected position, or it could be going from a local level to a regional level or going from a regional level to a higher level. But I think the important part is to see that leadership is a growth process and to figure out where are you in that process and how can you expand upon it. So what should people do? They should list out what those qualities are and they should make a date with themselves to say, by this time, I'm going to decide what my next step is. Beautiful. Go do it. If you liked what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Share it with a friend. Follow us on the socials. At Edge One Media. At This Is Nicholas DeSalvo. Or at Megan DeSalvo. 